G'day folks, welcome to another episode of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. This week we're going to look at a recent report from Google Project Zero around some of the metrics of the vulnerability reports that they have put out there and how different vendors have responded to them and patch timelines and the things, really quite instructive, as well as the recent announcement of the latest Ubuntu 2004.4 long-term support release, point release. So look at some of the details from that. Plus, we will do the usual roundup of security fixes and vulnerabilities that have been fixed in the supported Ubuntu releases. So let's just get straight into that. Up first, we had an update for SnapD. This is for our extended security maintenance customers as well as Ubuntu 24 long-term support users. In this case, I actually talked about uh, these vulnerabilities in last week's episode. That was the uh, issues in SnapConfine and others that were found by uh, Qualys and plus a few others that were found by Canonical employees. Uh, they have all gone out now to our extended security maintenance customers as well. Plus, uh, there was an update for a regression that was caused for some users on Ubuntu 24 long-term support using the Fish shell. Uh, so that has been fixed as well. We then had updates for the various Linux kernels that are published uh, across all the supported Ubuntu releases as well. So as always, thanks to the kernel team. They've done all the heavy lifting on getting these fixes in and uh, you know making sure that's all well tested and out to everyone. Plus, uh, to my colleague Steve Beatty for doing all the write-ups of all the uh, security notices for these because that is a lot of work, tracking down the fixes and writing up good human-readable reports. So thanks, mate. So let's get into it. There was an update for the 5.4 kernel, which is used as the general availability kernel for Ubuntu 2004 long-term support, as well as on various cloud platforms as well. So that's like GKE, GCP, uh, Oracle, uh, Azure, all of that kind of thing. So when describing kernel vulnerabilities, what I'm going to do here is kind of go through the details of most of them. These uh, vulnerabilities actually apply to most of the other kernel updates that I will mention in a minute. So yeah, the usual sorts of issues here, uh, there was a double free, so that's a use after free in uh, the packet network protocol driver. Uh, as well, there was an out of bounds read write in the USB gadget driver. Uh, there was a race condition in Unix domain socket handling could lead to a use after a free. What else? There was an info leak in XFF file system implementation. Uh, there was a race condition in the NFC subsystem, again, leading to use after free. Uh, there was uh, missing uh, TLB flushing in the Intel GPU driver. Again, that could lead to possible denial of service, but maybe also uh, code execution. And finally, there was a failure for uh, the VMware virtual GPU driver uh, to clean up in certain error cases. Uh, that would then leave stale entries in the file descriptor table and then result in possible information leak or privilege escalation as a result. Uh, so yeah, all of these really uh, result in usually denial of service, but possible code execution. So they have all been fixed uh, for those kernels. We then had updates for the Ubuntu 2110 uh, Impish Injury release, uh, and that is kernel is used as the hardware enablement kernel at the moment for Ubuntu 2004 long-term support. So I will go into a little bit more detail about hardware enablement uh, later when I talk about the 2004.4 release. Uh, but yeah, that included most of the same fixes that I just talked about. Similarly, uh, the a GKE specific kernel for Ubuntu 2004 long-term support. Again, that is a 5.4 based kernel and that is also available uh, for GKE users on Ubuntu 18.04 long-term support if they wish. There was a 4.15 based kernel updated. Uh, that is the general availability kernel if you are running Ubuntu 18.04 long-term support. It's also used as the hardware enablement kernel for Ubuntu 16.04 extended security maintenance and for all the way back to Ubuntu 14.04 extended security maintenance on Azure. 
There's an update for the 4.4 base kernel. That is the sort of standard kernel for Ubuntu 16.04, um, now, now ESM, or for uh, extended security maintenance on Ubuntu 14.04. And finally, we had an update for the 5.14 base uh, OEM specific kernel for Ubuntu 20.04 long-term support. So again, yeah, these all included roughly the same fixes, hence why I've not bothered to mention all the details of that uh, to avoid having to sit through all of that as well. After that, we had an update for Expat. Uh, this is an XML parser written in C. It's used by a huge number of other applications, all kinds of things from like desktop applications like Audacity uh, through to system services like Avahi or Dbus or FontConfig, uh, Squid as well, plus a bunch of utilities that you may be using yourself like GDB or Git or even the Python interpreter. In this case, uh, there was 12 different CVEs that were fixed in this update. Two of them were quite high priority, or certainly we classified them as high priority after being contacted by Upstream. Uh, these are possible remote code execution vulnerabilities essentially because you could corrupt memory through them. So in the first one, it was possible to inject content into XML namespace tags, and the second was a failure to validate uh, encoding of particular content, so things like UTF-8 and that kind of thing. Uh, as I said, uh, Upstream contacted us to tell us that our initial triaging of these actually was uh, not correct, that we should be classifying them higher uh, because it wasn't just you know the ability to uh, essentially corrupt the document, but that you could actually corrupt memory as a result and therefore various applications you could get code execution potentially as a result from that. So thanks again for Upstream to uh, pointing that out. Yeah, so those were fixed with high priority. Plus, as I said, there was a heap of other vulnerability fixes that went in there too. That Those were usual sorts of denial of service things like uh, the ability to run off the end of the stack or uh, integer overflows that could occur when you are parsing multi-gigabyte sized documents, that kind of thing. So yeah, not as high priority, but they have all gone into expat. After that was an update for C3PO. Uh, this is the JDBC connection pooling library. Uh, this is for our Ubuntu releases, 18.04 long-term support, 20.04 long-term support, and 21.10. This was a billion laughs attack, aka an XML bomb that could occur when parsing uh, XML config. So if you're not familiar, a billion laughs attack or XML bomb is essentially a case of recursive XML entity expansion originally discovered back in the early 2000s. The idea there is that you have one XML entity defined as kind of 10 copies of a previous XML entity, and then you have another one that's defined as 10 copies of that entity, and so on and so on. You do that 10 times, that gives you a billion copies of the original entity, and uh, for a lot of different uh, XML parsers, that will then allow you to easily exhaust memory and cause a crash, obviously. Uh, the name Billion Laughs actually comes from the original proof of concept where that uh, entity was called LOL, LOL, and that was then defined as 10 copies of, say, LOL 8, and that was defined as 10 copies of LOL 7, and you get the idea. So yeah, that has been fixed for C3PO. After that, we had an update for uh, Cyrus Sazzle. Again, this goes all the way back to 1404 Extended Security Maintenance plus 1604 Extended Security Maintenance, uh, 1804 Long-Term Support, 2004 Long-Term Support, and 2110. So basically all the supported a bunch of releases. Uh, this was a high-priority vulnerability. Cyrus Sazzle is uh, the Sazzle implementation that's used for the Cyrus IMAP server, but not just that, it's also used by uh, so XM, uh, LDAP Utils, even MUT, uh, PHP, Postfix, and a heap of others as well. In this case, it was an SQL injection vulnerability. Basically, the SQL plugin failed to properly validate the input going to it, and that would then allow you to execute arbitrary SQL queries against uh, the backend database. And finally, we had an update for PHP. Uh, this is for PHP 7 in Ubuntu 16.04 Extended Security Maintenance. Six different CVE fixes were rolled into this. Four of those were denial of service vulnerabilities. There was one memory corruption, so that could lead to possible crash or remote code execution, and one info leak as well. And that takes us to the uh, end of the week in security updates. 
So a couple other things I want to talk about this week. So as I said at the start, one of them was uh, a walkthrough of Google Project Zero's uh, security metrics. Basically, this is a blog post from the Google Project Zero team looking at all the various vulnerabilities that Google Project Zero has reported between uh, January 2019 and December 2021. So uh, a good few years of uh, reports there. Uh, looking at how fast they get patched and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's really quite instructive to look at this. So I thought it'd be good to take a deep dive into it. Uh, they cover this, or this time period covers 376 different vulnerabilities. Uh, of that, uh, 351 have been fixed, so that's 93%. 14 were classified as won't fix by the various downstream and 11 were classified uh, as still unfixed. And then looking at the various vendors involved, 26% uh, of these were against Microsoft, so that's 96 volts, 23% uh, against Apple, 16% against Google, and the rest against various other projects. As you're probably aware, Google Project Zero has a strict 90-day deadline uh, to fix and ship vulnerabilities. They do actually offer an additional 14-day grace period where if you're you know, basically in the middle of trying to uh, get your fix out, then they will uh, give you an additional 14 days at the end of that. But they are quite strict on that, which has uh, been really good. I think it's actually helped shift the needle on how fast vendors get uh, fixes out. And also because they're uh, quite a high-profile team, no one likes getting shamed by GBZ. But yeah, let's look into a bit more detail. Uh, so as I said, uh, they did group these in different vendors. And so that comes as say Apple, Microsoft, uh, Google themselves, uh, Linux, and that is actually the Linux kernel. It's not say all of Linux, like say Ubuntu, uh, Adobe, Mozilla, Samsung, Oracle, and then they have a group called Others. Others includes a heap of different uh, other vendors, things like Apache, AWS, uh, ourselves, Canonical, Intel, Qualcomm, Red Hat, and others. But this also then includes a bunch of different uh, open source projects themselves like Sierras, Git, glibc, GNU-PG, libseccomp, systemd, so the kind of things that I guess I talk about uh, every, every episode. Uh, so yeah, it does include a wide range of both kind of open source projects plus uh, you know, commercial projects and uh, kind of vendors that support open source projects as well. So let's get into some of the actual metrics. So uh, the first one they talk about is time to patch. And uh, Linux comes out on top here. So that is the Linux kernel. As I said, it's not necessarily all of Linux, but uh, yeah, the Linux kernel comes out on top with on average 25 days to patch, which is pretty good. 25 days to get a patch uh, together and shipped. And I guess the nature of the Linux kernel is that uh, releases happen quite often on the very stable trees and obviously, you know, gets committed to Linux, very, a Linux Torvalds tree very quickly as well. After that, we see Google and others are both on 44 days, uh, Mozilla 61 days, Adobe 65 days, Apple 69 days, so all pretty similar there, Microsoft at 83, and Oracle at 109. Uh, so yeah, hopefully uh, people haven't got too many Oracle things deployed because that means they're really missing that 90-day window quite often. So yeah, there's probably uh, cases where you know vulnerabilities are known, uh, you know, exploits are developed for them and they are going unpatched or certainly unreleased by Oracle, then there's still time, I guess, for people to deploy those releases as well. So yeah, Oracle, uh, you know, not looking so good there. But yeah, if we look at things or, or they break it down year by year, so that is across the whole time period, but if they break it down year by year, they show that from 2019 to 2021, uh, all of the vendors have gotten faster at their patching. In particular though, uh, Linux, so that's a kernel, and others are at least twice as fast as they were in 2019 now. And that is good news, obviously, for Ubuntu users. Uh, this means that you know a lot of the things that we fix, as I said, are the Linux kernel plus then all those other projects that I mentioned before. And that means that fixes are now available for these at least twice as quick. So assuming some of these are potentially zero days, that means that uh, the vulnerability is not publicly known, but obviously you know bad actors know about it and they can potentially exploit it. Those fixes are coming out faster. 
Uh, they then go and break it down uh, by mobile phone category. So they compare iOS, uh, Android as delivered by Samsung and Android is delivered by Google. And surprisingly, all of these actually have basically the same time to patch of 70 days. They then dig into the specifics for uh, open source projects because, you know, in this case, there's often, say, public bug tracks and that that they can look at and say, look, we reported the vulnerability at a given date. Uh, then a patch was made available, say, on that bug report uh, a bit time later, and then a release was actually made after that. So because it's being open source, they can look into that, pro uh, that process and kind of break it down into those two steps. They then compare these timeframes across uh, various web browsers. So that's Chrome, WebKit as used by uh, iOS and Firefox. Uh, they see that Chrome is the fastest overall at 30 days. Firefox is just behind that on 38 days, but WebKit is a whole 73 days from uh, time of vulnerability being reported to the time that a release is available with that fix. Uh, so then let's break it down into those two steps. Like I said, Chrome actually has uh, the shortest initial uh, patch time, which is just five days. So uh, from the time of Google Project Zero reporting a vulnerability to, I guess, the Google Chrome team, it's only five days till a patch is developed. Uh, but with WebKit and Firefox, you know, they're not too far behind. Five, uh, they're at 12 and 17 days, respectively. So not too bad. But uh, the thing that really blows out that WebKit uh, overall time is their release time because it takes them 61 days from that patch being developed to it being uh, shipped out in a release. Whereas if we look at Chrome and Firefox, uh, they're 25 and 21 days uh, respectively. Uh, so previously actually Chrome had a uh, release cycle of six weeks and now down to four weeks. And I'll talk about that in a minute, which is the same as what Firefox uses. So I guess what that means is that, you know, WebKit, uh, if you're using that, uh, you're, yeah, there's a significant delay between this patch being available, but it actually getting out to users or even a, a release being made, whether that gets out to users or not is, uh, is separate. That then puts users at more risk because obviously, you know, there's a patch publicly available. Uh, there are various, uh, you know, security researchers or bad actors that are, you know, watching those sorts of bug reports, seeing that there's a patch for an issue. They can then start to develop an exploit against that and start using it. And then it still takes another two months on average uh, for that to be shipped out to users. Another, I guess, complicating factor of that is that WebKit is used as the web rendering engine for any browser that you're using on iOS. Uh, so, you know, if you're an iPhone user, whether you are running uh, potentially, you know, Chrome or something on that, it's still using WebKit behind the scenes. It's, uh, it's the same as if you were using Safari. And so that means no matter what, you've still got at least that kind of two month period where you are vulnerable uh, to being exploited. So let's hope that Apple get a bit faster at doing WebKit releases in the future to keep people safer. Uh, as I said, uh, you compared to Firefox and Chrome, they're both now on a four-week release cycle, so they're able to get those fixes out a lot faster to users. Uh, so yeah, really what we can see from that, I guess, is that it's not enough just to develop the fixes, you know, get a patch available. You really need to get that shipped out in, into the hands of users uh, so that they're protected. And as we're going to see uh, for Ubuntu, you know, we're quite good at getting our fixes out once uh, you know, upstreams have made the releases, and in particular once upstreams have made patches available. Uh, we don't need to wait, say, for necessarily... Uh, a given upstream project to make a release. Once that patch is there and it's known uh, that it's linked against that CVE, we can go and patch that issue in Ubuntu. We don't need to wait for a release to happen. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, quite instructive, I guess, to look at that. And let's hope that that trend continues, that you know, that trend of people getting fa uh, faster to fix phones and release them. Because uh, yeah, the sooner we can get updates out to users, the better. All right, the other thing I wanted to mention uh, this week is the uh, recent announcement that the Ubuntu 2004.4, the latest point release of that long-term support release has been released. Uh, so this is uh, for our desktop, server, and cloud products, uh, as well as various Ubuntu flavors that come with long-term support. 
as all the, I guess, other point releases of the long-term support release, this comes with hardware enablement stacks available for newer hardware, and that is enabled by default for the desktop install. The server install, however, uses the original sort of GA, General Availability Kernel, which uh, for that release is a 5.4 based kernel, whereas the uh, hardware enablement kernel at the moment is 5.13, I believe. Uh, so yeah, depending on whether you want to use that newer sort of hardware stack or not, uh, you actually can enable that on the server install, even though it's not enabled by default, you can go and pick that from the bootloader. So as usual, you know, being a point release, this includes a lot of different updates, both uh, bug fixes and the like, plus all the various security updates that I've talked about, uh, you know, on this podcast. So that means, you know, if you use the newer install media, you get those updates uh, already out of the box, you don't need to do an apt upgrade uh, to get them. This does include releases for the various flavors. So that's Kubuntu, uh, Ubuntu Budgie, Ubuntu Mate, Lubuntu, uh, Ubuntu Kylan, Ubuntu Studio, and Zubuntu. They're all available as well. I've got a link uh, in the show notes to uh, those links for the official flavors. The, the maintenance periods though for those uh, depends whether you're using, I guess, the official Ubuntu or one of the flavors. So for Ubuntu Desktop, Server Cloud, and Ubuntu Core, there's five years of maintenance. Uh, that's part of the standard LTS period. Uh, all the other flavors are supported for three years. However, you can get uh, extended security maintenance for uh, all of those. You know, essentially, extended security maintenance is uh, officially supported on a, the standard you know, Ubuntu Desktop Server uh, Cloud, but uh, you can also enable that on one of the flavors if you want as well. All right, so uh, yeah, if you are doing uh, any new installs of Ubuntu 2004, uh, yeah, definitely download the latest uh, point release and use that. Okay, that takes us to the end of this week's episode. As usual, if you want to get in contact with the team, you can email us at security.ubuntu.com. We also hang out in the Ubuntu security channel on the libera.chat IRC network, or we're on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec as well. So thanks everyone for listening again for another week. I'll be back again with you all next week, but until then, remember, keep calm because we've got your back, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.